So in my search this morning for inspiration, I realized I would just have to become that inspiration for myself this morning. Because it wasn't there. Be that because certain platforms shadow ban people who would inspire me. Be that because I've become a little bit too picky in my older age. Whatever is the reason, I'm here inspiring myself with a mantra. And so this mantra is definitely one of the mantras that's in the beginning of both of the texts that I just went through, the Kena Upanishad and the Kata Upanishad. But it, it is something that appears in a lot of different Vedic literature. And it's in the Kata Upanishad in the, in the very beginning. And the Sanskrit's very beautiful, but let's listen to what the English says, because this is what they call an invocation mantra. It's a blessing that you put on what you're about to read and listen to. Or, because in, in the original times, you'd listen. You weren't reading it. You were listening. And even the person saying it to you wasn't reading it. They, they had memorized these stories. So, says, May the Supreme Person protect us both, teacher and student. May he nourish us. May he make us energetic and courageous. May our studies prove fruitful. Let us not quarrel. Om. Peace. 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 And it's really setting the tone for a wonderful learning experience. I think, you know, we could define a learning experience uh, in a lot of ways, but it's, it's amazing if you imagine that a learning experience could last a long time and other learning experiences can happen in an instant. But with this, there is a certain amount of meditative tone being added to this. These sages are meditating. These sages live a very meditative lifestyle. And there is definitely, I think, the desire in this to be able to carry that focus and that one-pointed attention into this study that we're about to embark on. It might be the day, or it might be uh, a project you're going into, but it's, uh, it's always important to go in with a good attitude. And I think life just teaches us this lesson, whether we agree with that or not, or we, we think it's just all chance or not, we'll eventually see that there's a good chance that life is very much trying to teach us this lesson. That having a good attitude is, is key. And this verse is, is about, is not about the attitude. This, key, this verse is the attitude. And the attitude has some very specific tenets. And you could say this is why it has four components. 
as if they were pillars holding up a roof. And, I mean, I think centrally is addressing the need for the protection of a supreme person. The very first one is, may the supreme person protect us, both teacher and student. And protection. I think there's something that is kind of esoteric in the Vedas, and I don't think that it's taught so directly, but that in... It might be here or there. I've never really... I've heard any verse, but I'm sure it might be here or there uh, poetically described, but that in your sacrifice, and these are... These study sessions are considered sacrifice. In the sacrifice, one is maintained safe. And as long as you're in the sacrifice, both mentally and physically there, you're in the sacrifice. As long as you're in the sacrifice, you're safe. And there are many different stories of people who are doing sacrifices who lose their safety or who are safe while they're doing their sacrifice. And this principle was illustrated. But there are sages, especially modern sages, and people that have taught me, and that was their specific instruction, that the only safe place in this world is in the sacrifice. The only safe place in this world. The world's pretty dangerous. Now it's dangerous. It's always dangerous. But... Anywhere you go, you go to a different planet, the world's dangerous. The, 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 the material world, meaning the whole expanse of it, and you get on a spaceship and go somewhere else, wherever you are, there's danger. <clears throat> on any one of these planets, you can get hit by an asteroid. On any one of the planets that are good for life, you can drown because there's water there. Any one of the planets that's good for life, you can possibly get buried alive by something. You never know. These are, there's always danger there. Guaranteed, there's always danger. So, what is the only way out of danger? According to the sages, it's the full concentration in a sacrifice. That's the only way out of danger. It reveals an, a deeper point. That there is a locus for the manipulation, you could say, or the influence of energy in this world. And that locus is not physical in its own nature. It would kind of be circular to reason that it is. Nevertheless, it's, it's something you have to kind of intuit from the nature that's not physical, from the metaphysical state of mind or the metaphysical perspective. And so this is addressing... This is addressing very boldly the the metaphysical perspective, the metaphysical element. And I think if you can practice in your own life and experiment with this principle, you'll see that there is protection in a sacrifice. That there is somehow protection in sincere sacrifice. Uh, when people are trying to sacrifice their life to help another, or uh, 
somebody. I, th- I don't think, I think you see the majority of the times it, it works out, but I mean, these are purely empirical terms. I think it's really something, it's, it's really something that you're going to have to feel <clears throat> and then experiment. Because otherwise, it, there are certain things that you wouldn't try just because it doesn't feel like there's any reason to. But a lot of the things we make our moves on nowadays and always are, are purely metaphysical things. Like we have an agreement on this, uh, this subject or we, we feel good. <clears throat> we feel good about ourselves by doing this, that, or the other thing. And those aren't things you can never show. You can't say I got two ounces of feeling good about myself. But it's where people are putting their money. It's where they're putting their energy. And these are, you know, these are the, this is the, these are the strata we're having to cut through to make these deeper points. That there is, a, there is a more primordial source for all of this, and to to be under the protection of a supreme person is something many of us don't want to hear in this modern age. I, I was in a yoga class one time and the chick in front of me had a tattoo in the back, on her back that said, no gods, no masters. As she was following instructions from a yoga teacher. And I mean, it's just stuck with me to this day because I mean, you could talk about the stupidity of the moment. You could talk about the genius of, of this philosophy if, if, if you see it as divisive and, and, and deliberately nefarious. But uh, <clears throat> it is a principle. It is, showing, it is showing a very... It's not a paradox. It's, it's, a, it's a contradiction. It's, it's, it's hypocrisy. If you, if you don't believe in masters, you don't go to a yoga class now, would you? So what is that? Is it you know, this, and this person's learned from who? From who? From who? From a yoga master, right? <laughs> anyway. These are things that people don't want to hear, and it cuts right through. So it, it cuts right through to the people that are trying to make things okay from the metaphysical side. Because it's appealing, it's appealing to the metaphysical nature of reality, and those who hear this, it's going to affect them a certain way, regardless of how they're saying something philosophically in their head. But you know, the way we live our lives has has had much more of an effect than the way we say we agree with things and the way we what we might claim to do. Uh, in some, in some instances, this is quite extreme. And you can see some people that who went to jail who, uh, I mean, recently there have been a lot of people who are involved in industries that are actually the, you know, the, the exact same thing that they're trying to prevent is the thing that they get arrested for. Um, you can see this is, it's the contradictory nature of reality is that people are in, out here, a lot of them say they want to do good for themselves, want to do good for others, but all the words we use, they, we assume that we mean the same things by them, and we don't. And so, 
you know, the, the study is so important. Studying with people, it, it, it's so important because you know, in one way it humbles us. If you're studying with somebody, I can learn from you. You can learn from me. If this is true, I actually do learn from you. I want to learn. Or I want to learn from somebody and you want to learn from somebody. And so it becomes more important. Learning can't be put either. Learning can't be put on a scale. So there's no way, this is purely metaphysical stuff here. And if, if you're, there's a lot of things people just take for granted. Learning can be demonstrated, but learning cannot be shown under a microscope. So these are things that are purely metaphysical. People take for granted, but they don't notice how the majority, the bulk of things that are mattering in their life are all metaphysical. That their family loves them, not that their family exists. I mean, you could, you're talking about, is your life like a country song or is your life like a disco song? If your family loves you, it's like a disco song. If your family doesn't love you and they don't even want to see you, it's like a sad country song. Sorry, not country song. A sad country song. Country songs can really give you the sadness. But this is the point. Is that uh, if we're taking studies seriously, then we see that there's there's a side of life that's physical, and we, there's, a, there's a side of life that's metaphysical. Because interdisciplinary studies meant that they were supposed to somehow go together. Originally, this was because they were involved in a lot of uh, church-propagated projects. And indeed, the universities themselves were also put together by the churches predominantly. And so <clears throat> there's a whole understanding there that study itself will lead us to balanced states of metaphysical understanding. So there's the, there's the very physical side, and you could say this is kind of like the second verse where he says, may he nourish us. May he make us energetic and courageous. This is like the physical side. May he nourish us. May, you know, let's not be out here starving. Let's, and, and if we're studying, let's, let's be satisfied with what we're studying. I don't think you can say nourish is, is referring solely to the, to, the, uh, to the study. I think it can also mean actually eating because that's also a big part of this. This culture is really about making offerings and eating them. May he make us energetic and courageous. Courageous. I think I could speak a lot on energetic and courageous, but I'm not going to. May our studies prove fruitful. Let us not quarrel. May our studies prove fruitful. So in the Vedas, they're not really into... Um, the, the conclusions of the Vedas are not really into getting the fruit. While the Vedas themselves, if you read certain parts, you might be confused and think it's all about getting the fruit of an activity. But the conclusions of the Vedas in the Vedanta and 
the Upanishads and the Puranas is that we should be renouncing the fruit and the lack of the fruit. It's not about being fruitless and it's not about being fruitful. It's about, it's about duty and making a sacrifice. Again, to the beginning, that this is like a sacrifice. The study is a sacrifice. So for them to prescribe being fruitful makes you wonder, but at the same time, it fits very nicely if we go back to the first verse and we remember we're talking about the Supreme Person. Well, if he's protecting us, well, teacher and student, <clears throat> would we not want our studies to be fruitful? Of course we would. Let us not quarrel. And there's a really nice appeal that I think is always relevant but that I think people need to hear more of in official, official ancient scripture. Let us not quarrel. May our studies prove fruitful. Let us not quarrel. Om, peace, peace, peace. And the Sanskrit goes like this. Om Sahana Bhavatu Sahana Bunatu Sahabiryam Karyarai. Let me say that one more time. Om Sahana Bhavatu Sahana Bunatu Sahabiryam Karyarai. Tejashvinam Badipadastu Mavidushwarai. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. And I pronounced that horribly. Pronounced that horribly. I wouldn't do it again. But that's just what it is. That's, that's what got recorded. That's what got recorded. And uh, I think the second line I messed up. Tejasvina vadi tam. Tejasvina hitam astuma vidvishabhai. Boy. And you're supposed to say it all together there, so. You don't break it up and say, what are you saying? I love the verses, though. There's something, a study in themselves is, is um, and, and that is what the Vedas has. There's six different studies within the Vedas, and one of them, I guess three, three of them are about the verses, how you say them, how you, the, the meter, the different, yeah, I mean, so then it's all about sound, back to these uh, ancient traditions. Om Sahana Vakatu Sahana Bunatu Sahaviryam Karvavahai Tejasvinam Adhidamastu Mavidvishabahai Om Shanti Shanti Shanti